One of the traditions I have in our home is to put up lights during Christmas time. It starts the day after Thanksgiving. We go get a Christmas tree, usually on that Friday, and we bring it home and we have a family tradition where my, my children and my wife set up the inside and decorate the tree and we set up lights on the inside of our house. I spend the, the greater part of a few hours setting up on our outside of the house. And this stays up usually until the first week of the new year, right around when the recology starts taking your live tree, because we usually get a real tree. And that's usually the sign that our Christmas lights need to come down. And that's the rhythm. We put them up the day after Thanksgiving, and we take them down usually within the first week of the new year. But in January 2021, we decided to leave one set of lights up that year, all year. We left our icicles up all year, partly because... I had risked my life to get them up there. It was the first time putting them up, and over half of our roof is above our garage, which is two stories up. I had to use the full extension of our extension ladder. It's also an uneven garage, so the legs of the ladder weren't quite there. And Jeanette that year was responsible for holding the ladder. And that was a serious test of our marriage that year. So life risked, marriage tested, that's why we decided in part to leave those lights up there because it took so much work to get them up there. But also it was nine months into the COVID pandemic and we felt like leaving them up in that year was a regular reminder for us and to our neighborhood of light and hope. The theme of light is seen throughout the Bible. The Bible begins with light. The first creative act of God was to speak light into existence. One of the last scenes of scripture in Revelation is Jesus as the bright morning star shining. Foundational to Christian faith and Christmas is this theme of light. Jesus is declared to be light coming into the world. A light shines in the sky through a star to lead kings to Bethlehem. I want us to think about light. Jesus is declared to be light coming to the world. This light that is for life and for our good. And as I think about it, I want us to reflect on two related truths. Jesus is the light of the world, and we are to be lights to the world. Jesus is the light of the world. Isaiah 60 again, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the people's but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. Here God is pictured like a sun, even though the word sun isn't used. The image is of a night sky and the sun kind of coming out from the horizon, shining brightly, overcoming darkness. God is the light of the world, just like the literal sun shines light to all of our world. And I, to think about what God is like and light Think about how sunlight works in this world. There are many things that sun do, does, does in our world, but three things it does that I think are very instructive for us as we think about God and what he does in this world. The sun brings life. It helps us understand reality, and it helps us to grasp beauty. How is God like the sun that gives light to the world? First, the literal sun gives light and life literally to all the earth. If the sun were to go out, we would literally freeze to death. The plants would die first, probably, and the food chain would be destroyed and disrupted. Throughout the Bible, God is described as the source of life. 
as a sustainer of life. Paul, the apostle, says it this way in his letter to the Colossians. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. The sun brings literal life to the earth, just like God is the source of all life. Second, the sun is a source of reality. It helps you to see things as they really are. One of my goals this past year when I turned 40 was to finish a marathon. In order to do that, I had to radically rearrange my life schedule to fit it in uh, for long training runs. I had to learn to get up at 4 a.m., which meant running in the dark. Uh, And I first tried to run in the dark primarily relying on the moonlight and streetlights. But many parts of the city aren't lit up by streetlights, and the moon often wasn't bright enough in certain areas of my run. And after one significant fall, scraping up my hands, I realized I needed to learn to run with an actual light attached to my body. So I decided to find some lights, and I figured out how to do it, and tried different kinds, and eventually I found one that worked. But it was significant to my running in the middle of the night. I could see, which helps me adapt when my feet land. It helps me grasp reality in the middle of the dark. When you think about the sun, you never look at it. Well, you shouldn't look at it, except for eclipse and you had to, you know, make those devices, you kind of look at it. It'll hurt your eyes. But we look at everything in this world through the light of the sun. The sun gives us the perception of reality. When you look at the Golden Gate Bridge, what you're seeing is the way that light reflects and bounces off of it and hits your retina in your eyes to perceive an image. It helps you perceive reality. In the same way, God is the source of reality. It help, he helps us, us to see things as they really are. Another way the Bible describes this is that he's the source of truth. To understand how we were made to be, how the world was made to be, our purpose in it. Last, light is beautiful. You know, a whole host of people who are amazed by the northern lights. We have family friends who went to go see the northern lights in Canada and they didn't get to see them. And so they're planning their next trip to try and chase them down again. Many people want to chase beautiful lights. They travel the world around to see them. This is why we wake up very early to see sunrises. And we intentionally plan to look at beautiful sunsets. God is the light of the world. Jesus is that light of the world, come to bring life, reality, and beauty. Amazingly, in this prophetic section of Isaiah, not only is God described as light overcoming darkness on a horizon, look at verse 3. We are to be lights to the world, and the nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. So not only is God described as light, he describes his people as light. God is a light that shines, and he says that you will also, as his people, have light, and you are supposed to shine this as an attractive force to the world. We are to be lights in the world. This is something, if you're familiar, if you read the New Testament, you see this theme come up. Jesus says that we are to be lights, we are like a city on a hill. Paul says in Ephesians 5, 8, that being in Christ means we are in the light of the Lord. What does that mean? In the same way we can reflect upon life, reality, and beauty, these are things that we are to reflect in the world as this light, but I want to focus on life for a second. 
If we have the light of the world in us, and we are to shine this to the world, one of the main ways we'll see this is new life, inner transformation. If God is the source of life, and he comes into our lives, there will be new life in us. Where there was once darkness, where there was a lack of growth, there will be new growth, new life. And the way that people grow, the way that things grow in this world, there's a number of ways, but you can kind of categorize them into kind of two main categories. There's two, mains to go, two main ways to grow. This is not only physical, but this is also spiritual. One way to grow is consider a pile of rocks. One way to grow a pile of rocks is to go get more rocks and add them to the pile. The rock pile will grow. But there's also a lemon tree. If you look at a lemon tree, how does that tree grow? It grows by rooting itself into the earth, organically receiving life from the sun, deriving life and nutrients from water, and growing and it bears fruit. They're both examples of growing, but they are distinctly different. One represents an external kind of growth, where you're adding rocks to a pile. The other one is an organic growth grown internally. Piling rocks is external. And if you try and spiritually grow externally, what you end up doing, what many people end up doing, is you add religious stuff to your life. You add church activities, you add Bible studies, you add even mission trips, serving. And those things by themselves aren't bad, but if you're piling them in your life in hopes that they give you life, they won't. That's why so many of us, we spend our lives piling rocks and then we feel tired and done. Because by, those, by themselves, those activities, piling them doesn't give us life. But someone who has the light of Christ that comes into them, they grow more like a lemon tree. It's inner transformation. They may bear fruit that looks exactly like that same person piling, but it's very different because it flows from the inside out. Now, from the outsider's perspective, it may not look that different because the activity may look the same, but it is deeply significant to the individual. Because you can change activities with external growth, but you can't change who you are. You can't change your character unless you have new life come within. And this is how the early church, if you read about church history, not only in Scripture, you see it in the book of Acts. You can find the church history not in Scripture as well, and see how the church, is one of the main th- questions that historians always ask is, how does this fledging little cult, actually, to the world's perspective, expand and grow under persecution? Because they had inner transformation and growth. They began to live reflecting this light that has come into their lives. They didn't just pile on religious activity. They also didn't take this light that they received in Christ and hide it. They show, shined it everywhere. And they began to live sacrificially, You see this right now where the church explodes. It's because life has come and light has come into people's lives and they begin to practice radical hospitality. They endure suffering with dignity and honor. Friends, what about you? If you're one who professes to know Christ, who's the light of the world, is that light shining within you, causing growth from within And who are you to shine this light to? These are all things to reflect upon during this Christmas time. Friends, light, and I love this image from Isaiah because it shows that darkness is always overcome by light. You put those two things together, darkness never wins. When Jesus went to do battle against sin and death on the cross, you may remember from Easter time, remember darkness literally covered the land. That's not a 
a lost momentary detail that's intentional because the light of the world was being crushed. Jesus on the cross said, my God, my God, why has, how have you forsaken me? This is the light of the world descending into darkness, separated from the Father who is the source of life, reality, and everything good. On the cross, the light of the world descended into eternal darkness. He experienced hell and separation from the Father. He experienced the darkness that we deserve because of our sin and rejection. But here's the good news. Death could not hold him. Darkness can never hold light. Jesus overcame the darkness, rising from the grave, shining as light to the world. And we see in in the end, in the book of Revelation, that he shines as light to the world. As we look at the first coming, we see the light has come. We cling to the promise that this light will return and make all things new. Friends, in the book of Revelation, the last few words, it says this. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Friends, we have received light and it helps us to cling to the promise that we see in the last words of Scripture. And to help us reflect upon that and to remind us not only of Christ coming to be light and our responsibility to light, we're going to sing a song with candle lighting. And some of the staff are going to walk through the aisles and they're going to be lighting your candles. You're going to be a little responsible here and be careful. (laughs) Help children. Uh, If they're able to hold it carefully, they're certainly welcome to do so. You're also going to be passing the light down your little smaller aisles, helping each other uh, extend that light in the room as well. Uh, Just a reminder to just be careful uh, and to hold it reflecting upon Christ as the light of the world and our responsibility to be light.